Welcome to Whole Mother. This is KPFT 90.1 HD1. I'm your host, Pat Jones, and this is Houston's community station, KPFT. Whole Mother is a voice in our community which educates and informs us. There are many decisions to be made out there as a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, friend, birthing person. Whole Mother believes that we need to always make our choices out of rational thinking, choices that are made through education and research, not out of fear, especially fear that is imposed by those who stand to gain by our choices. It is hoped that the education you receive on this show will contribute to changing the way we birth and the way we parent. All humans are born good. I've seen more than 3,000 babies come into the world, and I can tell you that there are no bad babies. There are no bad humans. All babies are born exactly the same in their goodness, their innocence, their ability to love, to trust. They are all born the same with their delight in the world, their happiness. It doesn't matter what country they're born in or what skin color they have or what language they're learning to speak or how much money is in their family. We are all born with the same goodness. We all come into the world with the same potential. If that's true, that all humans are born without hate, judgment, shame, or jealousy, then where do we learn those qualities if we're not born with them? Whole Mother is here to look at our parenting, which begins in the very first moment at birth. If we want to live in a peaceful world, don't we need to begin life in a peaceful world? If we want to teach our children peace, love, harmony, respect, don't we need to give that first? Remember that KPFT is listener-sponsored, and you are the listeners. That means we bring you information and education that's not funded or sponsored by anyone but you, and we need your help to stay on the air. Please go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. I am uh, learning that KPFT cannot continue to air this program while others are fundraising to keep us on the air, that we need to do our part. We need $1,400 every quarter in order to pay for the show, to pay for Whole Mother. So I'm asking if you would help keep the show on the air by contributing anything you can, especially on a regular basis, so we can continue to bring you the education, information that's for you, the truths about parenting and birthing, the best information I can find. You can email me at birthcare at AOL.com with suggestions for the show or suggestions for better fundraising. Please go to kpft.org, donate, tip, pledge, anything you can do. Raising human beings is probably the hardest and the most important job in the world. Parents need support and love and correct information to do this incredibly difficult job of raising human beings. I am so excited about my guest this evening. Um, 
I'm excited about the information you're going to learn if you don't already know. Um, my guests this evening are going to talk to us about parenting for justice. Um, I have in the studio Angelique Gihan. She is a consultant, a facilitator, and an organizer. She works to support and repair the connections that people have to themselves and to their families, their communities, and their cultural practices. She builds intergenerationally with colleagues across disciplines to question and depolarize the beliefs and practices that can lead to isolation and feelings of powerlessness. By co-creating or reclaiming ways. An example is some of the work she does carrying children in fabric close to their caregivers. We call it sometimes, or we used to call it baby wearing. That can promote resilience and healing from historical and social harms. A queer, agender, Asian mother, she coaches individuals and groups. She trains community and healthcare workers and educators. And she offers lectures, classes, workshops on topics including consent, cultural awareness, community building, relationships, parenting, and conflict and communication in alignment with social justice and transformative justice frameworks. Welcome to Whole Mother Angelique. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Also in our studio is Eudoro. Eudoro is a human who desires to see other humans, God's lovely creations who live in their wholeness. She is Eudora Ekpen. Yes. And I have the pleasure of, she said she has the pleasure of wearing some meaningful hats. She's the mm -hmm. mother of three. She's a sister to four. She's a friend to a select few. I'm sure we all want to be one of those few right now <laughs> already. <laughs> and she's a child of one. She was raised in Houston. She's a Nigerian-American who is proud to be a graduate from Texas schools. From her formal teaching years to her consulting work through Restorative Empowerment for Youth, called REY, Restorative Empowerment for Youth, she remains a lifelong learner. Her background in restorative justice processes lends to my understanding about others and the world around me, making certain being seen and heard is not simply a cliche, moving from conversation to action. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Also in the studio, uh, we have Milan and Nora. Nora and Milan are 14 and 14 years old and not white. They are in ninth and 10th grades attending Westside and Lamar High School. You can find them doing a number of things for fun, 
Nora enjoys photography and reading. Milan enjoys doing theater at Lamar and working out. Both of them love doing art. Milan prefers digital while Nora prefers traditional and writing. They met in 2020 via email, but never really clicked. In April of 2022, their families met at a park. The first time they met IRL. But the real event driving them into friendship was a slightly poorly conducted joint interview. Ever since then, they've been good old pals. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Yes. And if you want to correct any of that introduction, please. Uh, well, real quickly, I am 15. There must have been a typo. Um, okay. That was me. I, I tried to switch the order. Um, this is, yeah, Angelique. I switched the order and did not fix the ages as I put them back. <laughs> I see. No worries. I apologize. No worries. Okay, so we have a lot that we want to tell our audience. We want to educate our community. So first of all, I'd like you to just tell us a little bit, if you would, uh, tell us your journey to do this work, to do restorative and transformational work. Um, I also want to kind of, if we can, kind of educate the uh, uh, audience a little bit about what does that mean? What kind of work is that? And what led you to do this? Who wants to go first? Oh, sure. Uh, Eudora will. I will. All right. Um, Again, thank you so much. Hi. Uh, Hi. So first off, my, my background with restorative justice work or practices or processes started from from education. I was a high school English teacher for about nine years formally. Um, I've also done work where I was working uh, with with adults who were coming to the United States newly, so they needed to kind of brush up on their English. Um, But of course, after that, I did enter into um, Texas public schools as an English teacher. And during my, during my, my time there, I constantly noticed from small schools out in East Texas to our larger schools here in Houston, Texas, there is a massive disconnect between the social aspect and behavior as well as the academic piece. And so I just never understood, okay, what needs to happen in order for us educators, teachers, students, parents, community members to be able to come together and say, okay, wait, wait, what, where this missing piece right here, Mm -hmm. something's missing. So for me, I actually ended up going from teaching. I went back to school to obtain my master's degree in counseling, honestly thinking, okay, counseling got to be the way, a way for me to enter and bridge that, that, that gap. Um, However, I don't think that was the only way. So uh, with while my while teaching in Spring Branch ISD, I can go ahead and name that because I'm actually proud of my years of um, teaching. Um, I was able to meet a fellow colleague whose work, whose whose uh, doctorate work was involving restorative justice work. After hearing just a snippet about it, I clearly you know imagined myself transforming my English classroom into a classroom where I can actually listen to what my students needed. They come to us from their own homes. They come in need. However, when they come to the classroom, all I'm supposed to be there is just teach them English, mm-hmm. see them pass, do their state uh, tests, and move on mm-hmm. and graduate. 
But again, there's so much not feel anything about what you just saw. Exactly. So I knew that there's more to our students than just the academic piece. And so for me, that's where restorative justice came in, where I can meet and actually get to hear our students' stories. And from their stories, what needs do they have from those needs? How do we as educators in, in, in the education system truly transform and change to where we are meeting needs so the students are able to feel whole and be able to move on and do well for themselves as well as in their communities and affecting their families in a positive way. Uh, so for me, restorative justice work, it was not just about the education piece. It truly is about life. And so allowing students to be able to use their voices to be heard, to be seen, and then from there, what actions need to take place, which is why um, I, I started to lean heavily on moving from conversation to action. Okay. So yeah, is, that's my background. Um, that, that is, seems very powerful and life-changing work. Um, somewhere, if we don't get to it, I, I, I'd like to give some examples to our audience about some of oh, the, wow. would sure, that, if that would be okay. Oh, yes, uh, that would be awesome later. Okay, yes. great. All right, wonderful. Um, all right, who who wants to tell your journey? Yeah, I'll go next. And in a way, it makes sense because um, transformative justice and the lineage of our, our the ways our community handles situations where harm has been done. The, the way we work with transformative justice comes from the practices of restorative justice. Let's say just a little more about that. Yeah, I ended up finding transformative justice as something that overlays and connects to everything else that I do. The baby wearing, yes. Mm -hmm. The consent, um, the healing justice, the disability justice, all the different kinds of justice we want that to me are about how we dismantle the oppressions that make it where... You know, you had beautiful opening words, Pat, and I remember these from other shows. And to me, I I don't think that that is true. I think I want it to be true. Yes. I don't think all babies are born the same or with the same potential, but I don't think that it's their fault that that is the case. I think it matters how much money is in their family's bank account, if they even have one. And to me, I want to transform this world that we're in right now so that all babies can be. And I think to me, the goodness and badness is irrelevant. We just are. And I don't mind existing and working. And I end up working with lots of people who have different views on that. It's not a limitation to me. That's just my personal view on it. So rather than focus on the good or bad, what happens for me with transformative justice, we, you know, in the bio, I say I depolarize and good and bad to me are polar, are binary. And so I like to think about nuance and difference and distinctions. And so when we look at something that has happened that causes hurt or harm or offense, damage in any way, be it small or intergenerational across history, across whole societies, then what can we know about why all those things occurred? Who are the more than one or two people involved in the situation that allowed this harm to even happen? And what can any one of us alone or together, usually together, do to make sure that never happens in the same way again? 
And so to me, it's not just restoring a harm to how things were before, which in many cases is a neat and tidy and totally appropriate way to proceed, especially within a system, right? Like a school system. Absolutely. If there's harm done where you can turn things back and repair something, let's do that. I am also additionally interested in the societal change that makes it where that harm would never have happened in the first place and would never happen again, which is a giant ask. Mm -hmm. And I ended up there because as a kid growing up, so many things didn't make sense. And I would ask these questions and I would get in trouble. There are many ways that I am overtly, obviously perceived as different from people around me. And some ways I'm perceived as the same. And those things led to people treating me in ways that I saw inconsistencies in the adults around me. And I've tried to understand that over time and finding the answers to many of those questions such that the world now makes sense led me to transformative justice. And I've learned a lot of it through the parenting, the raising of the two children that I've had, which is why when you ask, oh, can we do a, I was like, you know, maybe it's time. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Very powerful, Angelique. Uh, I think, um, I, I don't know. I think all of us have a s different degrees of, of frustration and hopelessness and powerlessness. Uh, when we see what isn't right and we want it to be different and we don't know what to do. Absolutely. Uh, and Absolutely. what I, I hear uh, from your program and from all of you, what, just the little bit that I do know is there's some hope here. There are little things we can do. Any one thing we can do might matter. It might not, but it might. And if that's enough, maybe we can do it when we have the capacity yes. and how do we take care of ourselves while doing it so that we are as much a part of a future we're building for our children like it is not to be a sacrifice or a doormat or a martyr i want to be there enjoying it with them i yes. want to play with them yes i don't want them to make it to the future without me yes and i you know what that that has me think about um because even even with the work that um, I can honestly say that I'm definitely blessed to uh, do with with you know RJ or you know restorative justice. So if you see RJ, that's pretty much the same thing that I'm 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 speaking of. Um, to be able to sit and gather in a circle, which is which is one of the processes that are used, it mm -hmm. it goes all the way back. So I'm so glad that you know Angelique mm -hmm. mentioned you know the lineage and the and the just the whole history and the and especially the cultural piece to it. Um, it goes back to those, you know, indigenous roots from all over our our world. Um, so those indigenous folks or those native folks here uh, who resided here on our continent, as well as those of you know of others, gathering in, you know in a circle was not is not some new age modern, right. you know. Um, uh, yes, it's not. It's not. It's 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 not new. When when folks gathered in a circle, it was to celebrate. Yeah. It was to mourn. It was to. It was to sometimes reprimand. It was to discipline. It was to teach. So how do we bring this to our schools, to organizations as well? Because organizations and businesses out there, you can do this too. 
But again, a part of that is having those needed conversations because again, it starts with the conversation. That's my biggest thing. Um, so much of our education system may not lend to hearing what young people have to say, which is why I'm so glad that we're able to have our children here. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so much to say. It's just, are we taking the time to actually listen? So my thing is in order to repair those, those harms, we have to have, we have to create the space right now. Like start, let everyone, every adult yes. who hears this, every person who hears this, let's start now create the space, bring our young people in and let's, I want to hear your voices. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, this actually has me want to just toss it on over. Yes, right yes. <laughs> yes. let's hear their voices <laughs> right now. <laughs> children are sitting in their seats yes. and making a cut, no, like motion at their necks. <laughs> <They're> like, no, <laughs> no. All right. Oh, you, I don't know. <laughs> your turn. <laughs> Well, uh, anything that you, you know, is coming up for you, but I wanted to hear a little bit, or I want the audience to hear a little bit about what brought you to this place, your journey to be here. And, and then also, you know, we'd like to hear a little bit about what have, what have you learned? What advice do you have to the community? Okay, what so, would you like others to know? So, um, you know how I how I got here was you know by car, anyway. Um, <laughs> Just but, good. <laughs> but um, I mean, I've. How did it begin for you? Um, you know, of course, I came from home, but anyway. But no, um, it's yes. just, <laughs> it's just um, I've heard like my mom talk about like restorative justice and stuff like that with the schools, and a lot of the points she has made is. Mm-hmm pretty much correct because mm-hmm. I mean it take goes back since like elementary school almost there has been a lot of like I guess like blind eyes from certain situations of children and stuff like that so mm-hmm. I mean let's take me for instance yes I was a kid who daydreamed like she was going to sleep it was like could not focus on one thing at a time and it was like it was it was bad it was to the point where I would get put on red almost every single day because I was either out late during recess when it wasn't when the whole entire class went inside and I would just be the only one from my class playing around and then until I find out that none of my friends are there I was like they're all going inside and that probably happened I'm gonna probably say maybe five times out of the year just way too way too constant but um of course, just hearing, I mean, hearing about what my parents had witnessed, you know, hearing from the teachers and stuff like that, it was just like, oh, well, you know, she's just a, she's just a kid, you know, she's supposed to be daydreaming and stuff like that until it got mm-hmm. worse. And like the worst year of mine was like fourth grade where I like could not focus at all. It was mm-hmm. like I needed like noise canceling headphones for like tests or like so, like small assessments and stuff like that. Or, like, even had to, like, go be isolated for, like, a star test in, like, some weird closet they had out in the hallway. And it was just, like, like what? Like, what's like what's going on, really? Mm-hmm. I still don't know what it is, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's just knowing that some teachers just, they either they want to act like it's not there or they just, you know, ref- mm-hmm. they just, you know, refuse to even pay, you know, attention to it. They're, like, no, I don't, I don't care. The only issue is you know, you're not doing your work. So of course, you know, 
we're going to produce. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's pretty much why I kind of like the work that my mom's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Angelique, you know, just, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, in my opinion, it's all, it's all pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. And how has it changed your life? Mm-hmm. How does it my life? Um, well, I knew how to organize papers. <laughs> so get that. Um, but uh but yeah, it's it's um I mean no knowing that my mom does care for mm-hmm. not only education but also like what like how how the school, you know, schools, you know, are mm-hmm. because in a way like when this stuff like starts blowing up and everybody's, you know, asking for what, you know, these wonderful parents are doing, like it's to the point where schools that I had, schools that are, I don't know about, I don't know about Westside, is it bad? Uh, I mean, certain aspects maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so our schools, like everything could be changed for like a lot of other kids that are way younger than us. They can grow up into like a, like schools who have done like you know transformative justice and you know restorative justice stuff, and they don't even like they don't have to like worry about a teacher immediately putting you into ISS for you. You just you probably just honestly you're worried about something that happened at home this morning, and you didn't have the chance to talk about it, and you're sitting here failing your classes. Yes. Where now teachers are not only teaching you, but they're also being counselors almost like they're like, hey, you know, is there anything going on at home? If you mind, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you want to talk about it or, you know, do you want to go to the counselor's office and talk about it? You know, I'm fine. It's a safe space. You don't hear a lot of that. No. So it's like what they're doing. Every kid will have a safe space, you know, at school if at home is not a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Yes, how it should be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Nora, your journey. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I think that I have been like surrounded by these ideas and concepts my whole life. So they have just become kind of normal for me. And I haven't detected them as specifically T or RJ. Mm-hmm. And they're just like how things are for me. And I have observed that like for other people, it is they don't realize a lot of these things. So like, it has been hard for me to find people to bond with over these concepts and ideas without having to like show them everything Mm -hmm. and like wait for them Mm -hmm. to hear me, I guess. That's deep. Very good. And I think like with the school systems for me, like with the safe spaces, I feel like a lot of places say that they are safe spaces, but they're not. Mm. Like they say they will be, but they will like actively do things like, that like actively harm people. Mm. What are some examples of the harm you all have noticed? Yeah. I mean, like oh. some of my teachers refusing to let people work in the ways that they want. Mm -hmm. Like some of my friends like can't focus or focus better when they're listening to music Mm -hmm. or can do multiple things at once Mm -hmm. or do things in specific orders or in different ways or like even in pencil or in pen. Mm -hmm. 
but like aren't allowed to choose those things. And what happens to them when you say not allowed? Like, what are the consequences of not mm. doing things the way they're quote unquote supposed to? I guess being like reprimanded mm-hmm. by like the school systems and teachers and being mm-hmm. not insulted, but or like those were what the stories you were talking the about, Milan, yeah. the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then being put in the closet. Yeah. Well, the closet, that's, yeah, that was, that's still that was helpful. Helpful. That's horrible. It sounds shaming. It was like separated. Yeah, oh. Now that you think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> to me, all of these harms sound like variations of violence. Yeah. And so in the things that we do with RJ, restorative, and TJ, transformative justice, we are wanting to end cycles of violence, which means we ourselves mm-hmm. learn all the ways we might have power that can result in our actions causing harm to others. We acknowledge them. We mm-hmm. take accountability. Yes. We might need help. We definitely need help noticing our effects on others to calibrate so that we can understand our actions, which is what socialization really is, right? Babies learn that biting hurts when they get bit, when they bite others, and we guide them to other ways to ease the pressure or discomfort of teething, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, In community, we do that. Mm -hmm. And so RJ and TJ, for me, are both always in community and about connection. And so then that's where we learn, how do we not do necessarily the things that were violent emotionally, right? To our whole body minds, physically, which still affects our whole body minds, right? Mm. (laughs) Connectedly. Um, And if we don't know how that could be done, we need examples, we need visions for this. And that's why doing things in community can help. Nora may have been, Milan may have been the very first person some of their classmates have encountered who would not have continued cycles of violence in something, which is not to say we never use violence for self-defense when it is a last option Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves, which is unfortunate when it happens. But another aspect for me of transformative justice is harm reduction so that we do not punish people who have made choices that we may disagree with, even if we hate them or don't like them. But we seek to understand first. We are curious first, which to me is embracing all of our, we are all children of someone. Mm -hmm. Embracing that curiosity about the world, allowing for the possibilities of whether we want to call it goodness or reality or nuance. Right, the possibility of change, as you might call it, hope. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. yes. This so both I both um, outs. I'm not even going to say outside, and 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 I don't even want to use the word work all the time mm-hmm. because this is truly it's truly a a life. Mm-hmm. It's a life thing. It's a way of of actually living. Um, so I know for me to 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 come into RJ via the school system and learning about social justice and all of those, you know, other types, it stemmed from where I worked. However, I needed to take it home. Mm -hmm. So for me to take it back home to be a way where, okay, how do I, how do I listen to my own children? Look, a working mom Mm -hmm. at the same time going to school at the same time, trying to show up, 
um, for my, all of that, all, all of those hats, mm-hmm. um, it, it can get, it, it's a lot. it, it gets heavy, right? Yes. So to have to peel those hats back is also part of the journey of conversation. You're peeling back some of those layers. Those layers need to be peeled back. And then once we get to that root, which again, is connected to TJ and RJ, mm-hmm. it's all, it's this lovely, messy root <laughs> deep down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, again, it's like when you peel those layers back, you get to that, to that root. Okay. What are we, what, what are we trying to address right now? So to be able to come home and see my three, and they were little then, mm-hmm. and I'm just really trying to work on, okay, how do I work on listening to them? Understanding the use of a talking piece or some areas will call it, you know, a talking stick, but teaching my, my, my own children. I mean, from time to time, we don't really use it as much now. However, it's powerful, especially when mm-hmm. there's emotions and there's heat yes. coming from all of us. And I'm really trying to sit there to understand and listen to my children. Whereas I could easily come in and just say, look, I'm mom, your child, you be quiet. Um, what I say goes mm-hmm. boom, done. When in fact, how do I, how do I sh- teach them that they are humans too? Yes. And they have feelings yes. and they have words that they can express to me without giving them the space to allow them to express it. Yes. Right. So now I still take my role as parent very seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the same time, you know, at, at the same time, I want them to know what it feels like, how it looks for an adult to respect a child so that that child grows up to be someone who does what? Does the same thing, just keeps that. Right. That cycle. cycle. Going. Right. Right. So this life is about connection. I'm so glad, Angela, you kept saying connected. We're, <laughs> you know, community. It's cyclic. This this life is it's it's more cyclical. It's not just linear, right? So if we if we each all of us operate from this place and we live life that way, can you imagine the upheaval, the uprooting of systems that we can actually do? Yes. Well, I understand there's a lot of fear there. So, but again, I just it starts from home. Yes. It starts from home for me. Uh, for us, and I feel like that's how we actually connect. Is you know, especially for me to be able to see how Angelique interacts with their children, and and my, and I interact with my. I mean, it's 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 okay. Okay, this can be done. All right, cool. Is someone else doing this too? Very good. All right, I want to ask um, Milana and Nora, um, how do you feel about your mother's choices? Uh, how do they affect you? Uh, she has talked about, you know, what her goals are and changing some of those mm-hmm. messages that were handed down to her um, and the way she was raised. Uh, how do you feel about uh, these choices and, and what's their effect on you? Um, well, you know, you just you sit there and you're kind of glad that you're not raised the same way like your mom was because it's yes. you kind of you know whenever you make those visits to your grandparents house you get to see sometimes it you show they show their true colors to you and it's like mm-hmm. oh um okay oh yeah glad I glad I have an understanding one yes. <laughs> um but it's just for me you know it just makes you it just makes you think you know like the you know, I mean, for me, it's like almost like like the the sheer willpower it takes to kind of like I wouldn't say like you're 
denying it. But it's like you're, you know that you don't like what happened in your past. Mm -hmm. And you know that you could take that and make it your whole entire personality. Mm -hmm. Or you could take that and use it to teach other, you know, other parents, you know, heck, even other teachers, their experience with kids. It's like, you know, would you rather, you rather, you know, would you rather, you know, talk like this to your own child or would you rather just, you know, you know, just let them, let, let them share their own, you know, emotions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just, I think they're the way they both like, you know, take on with, you know, adults. It's just, it's just, it's cool, you know, but it also makes like, it's like the most immature way of saying it. it almost makes like adults adults like look stupid because it's like why are you like you're, you're you you guys were first you were supposed to do mm-hmm. all of these things and why does it why, why are you just now learning yes yes why are you just now learning this? yes i understand you know that's what's funny about my school though is it's it's kind of like a how like for lamar they like they they have their moments where it's like you know again with the blind-sided teachers thing but then again it's like um a lot of the students do get the say and it it almost it for me it just seemed like the students dang near almost ruled the school because their opinions are just so huge and the impact that you know their alumni are having out on this world is also putting you know Lamar's name out there so it's like, I mean, let the students, let the students go on ahead and put up, you know, uh, make their own like writing club, make their own like different types of things to go speak out about certain issues or, you know, just have fun and stuff like that. I just, I just feel like it really is just, you know, you know, it is our, our, our voice is probably, you know, bigger. Yes. Yes. Voice, so. yeah. Nora, yeah. how do you feel yeah. about your mother's choices? Um. I think that, okay, I think that I can, like, uh, admire and appreciate my mom's work um, and, like, be appreciative for the space that it has brought me, but I think sometimes I do get a little bit frustrated about it because, like, I see, like, other kids my age and other adults, like, like, how do I phrase it? Like it that it makes us different. Is that it? No, like oh. I mean it makes us different in like a frustrating way where like I see them doing things that like I don't agree with and they're so like minimal and like <laughs> almost like my microaggressive and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh yes. And I'm like, and so I feel like it it stops me from like being able to make friends with more people yes and like Mm -hmm. especially kids my age Mm -hmm. because they don't realize these things and aren't able to have these like thoughtful moments Mm -hmm. with me and generally creates a separation with you with them yeah and so like then I would end up gravitating gravitating more towards like talking to my mom's friends or generally adults right Mm -hmm. so like I think it that made it super amazing and like just super amazing when I met Milan <laughs> we, we literally, because the, the day the first time that we met in person 
after the park, we went like home, and you ended up staying until what, like eleven? It was so late. late. And we <laughs> talked the entire time from the minute that you got to our house, basically. From the minute you left, we were just talking and talking and talking. And every time, car too. yes, and every single time that you've hung out, we've ended up just talking the entire time for like hours and hours and hours and hours That's and awesome. hours. That's awesome. Because it's like, yes, we have these experiences and like things that we recognize in common and are able to like mm-hmm. observe them together mm-hmm. and process. One of the things I think what you're saying there is so important for folks mm-hmm. to recognize. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Pat, when when you and I make choices to support, call it unmedicated birth, or the autonomy and agency of birthing people, mothers, of anyone, right, who would, then some people don't like that. And right. it does create a divide. And I do mm-hmm. think I wish there were only divides by choice. Mm. And many people have never been given full support to question the things that they were born into, be it gender or religion Mm. or anything. Mm. And if we all got that chance to fully consent and affirm to every aspect of our identity and our experience that we were conscious of, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think people would be more aware of who they were and what they needed to ask for from other people and less fearful. Yes. So I I am. But don't they have to get that at home first? Uh, Well, in a way, yes and no, because what is home? Many people are denied home. Mm. Yes. And don't know it for generation upon generation. Violence Mm. has caused many of us to not have home. And sometimes it's natural violence, like a flood. And sometimes it's other humans who, for many different reasons, including fear of their own lives and well-being being threatened, would harm other people, exploit, kidnap, enslave. And how do we stop all of that, right? As much as we can with the power we have together. And that takes us learning to trust each other. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it does distance me from other people too. When I started to make different choices than my family and my community members, I did have to find other ones. And what I found was more freedom to ask questions without being punished, less fear of building relationships in which I would then be ridiculed or betrayed or um, undermined later. More consent for all the things. And so it did make things hard for me when I noticed, like what you're talking about, Nora. And I do worry and feel sad about that. And I also know that when we have talked about that distance that you feel, that it's one of those things that, like, well, one of the things we can do to minimize that distance is continue offering these ideas to other people so they can, if they are and when they might be ready join us mm-hmm. instead of abandoning others and being like, oh, we know what we're doing. Let's go ahead and create an island mm-hmm. where it's only consent-based folks and y'all can mm-hmm. deal yourselves. No, we want to keep trying to offer it and never conditioning our friendship or support on whether someone agrees with us or not. So we have room for others. Now, others may not have room for us. And that's when we have to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when those boundaries and boundary enforcement comes in. And I've had to learn my lessons, but as a kid, no, I don't, I don't think it's, 
it's what I want for kids to be separated by their parents' different decisions or by oppressions in overall society in which kids think it's okay for them to be hit mm -hmm. so that they know better because they think it's okay for themselves. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't help but think when um, uh, uh, Milan and Nora were talking that it's their connection that is going to empower them uh, to make changes in the world. Oh. They're leaning against each other. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Our babies. I know. I know. So uh, tell our audience, especially, you know, parents, grandparents, uh, uh, what are some of the ways that they can set up conversations in their home with their children? Um, get them some uh, guidelines. Oh God. Um, okay. Um, okay. Now I don't have time to like concise my thoughts. You want me to go first? Okay. It was like, what advice do you give other families and grandparents? Um, I mean, I think just having con like conversations, like prompting conversations and different opinions from yours without challenging them like we mean invalidating yeah okay because we could challenge each other no right? yeah that's not the word i wanted oh like, invalidating okay. yeah. yeah like denial like if you said mom um i feel sick and i would yeah. say you couldn't possibly yeah right yeah um, that's what i mean yeah invalidating is a better word i was i couldn't mm -hmm. cool gotcha. yeah there you go exploring right being curious yeah not being threatened like if you told me like i remember your younger sibling telling me i hate your hair <clears throat> and i didn't get mad or even really offended i was like i don't care yeah <laughs> that's a boundary like i didn't let my child's opinion make me feel so bad or so angry that i would lash out and retaliate against someone who is vulnerable to me who looks to me for care. Because fortunately for me, I had learned by then that I don't have to do that. And I learned ways to hold my feelings and keep them separate from other people. Mm. So that I, as a parent, as an adult who was caring for my child, did not let that inappropriate mixture or effect where someone less powerful, who's more vulnerable than me, make me feel worried about my acceptance or valid validity. I don't mm. know. But yeah, mm. no on. Advice. Mm -hmm. I advice that. to you. It's almost like those like crappy therapists. Like, how do you feel about that? It literally, it literally is what it is. Like asking your kid, like, so how did you feel about you know mm -hmm. about you know what just happened, or how did you feel about me yelling at you, or how did mm -hmm. you feel about you know you getting loud all of a sudden? Like, how did you feel mm -hmm. about every single, every single thing, and just let that kid go off? And you, mm -hmm. as the parent, have to listen. Yes, like, receive it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, literally, like yeah. take it all in. Like absorb what your child is saying to you mm -hmm. and be able to be like, you know what, either, you know, be able to apologize for it yes. and be <laughs> vulnerable, be like, you know what, that was wrong with me. I showed you a terrible example mm -hmm. and, you know, I will, yeah, I'm definitely taking that into mind, you know, mm -hmm. and just, just keep on having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Also yeah. coming to a, an, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. okay. I was just going to say like, oh my God, I almost, okay. I think I'm forgetting Sorry. actually. Um, okay. Um, 
yeah just like being able to like listen mm-hmm. to people um oh God. you want me to say something no, 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 no. Oh. um without like i've lost my words okay it's okay are you okay if I just say something real quick? Um, so what what I was going to 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 go ahead and say just just straight up for me is just simply you know especially if something emotionally heightened happens mm-hmm. in our home and and that it it may be tones were raised and maybe volumes yes. got you know a bit up there and just be able to in that moment which I know Milana's heard heard me say her 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 siblings have also heard me say. You know what? I'm gonna give myself a moment, and please, you you take this 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 moment as well. But I would like for us to come back and to you know to be able to listen to each other, um, because it's you know it's 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 it is not about just simply saying you know what, forget this. I'm gonna go somewhere and breathe. No, 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 no. I want you to know. No, no. I would like for us to come back together, and let's actually be in a place where we can now listen to each other. Let's not give um, up. Yes, yes. So that's, that's yeah. I mean, I I remembered actually. I was just going to say like being able, which I think was kind of okay. Like being able to take criticism mm-hmm. from oh. from your kids or grandchildren or whatever, and like mm-hmm. as parents and grandparents and generally like people that are connected to each other, being able to take criticism from each other and like think about it and apply it. Mm. Yeah, my dad definitely did that. I or, think for, or, oh, go oh, ahead. No, 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 go. I, I just I just had a split moment. I was like, listen, I am Nigerian American, but let me just tell you something. That Niger- <laughs> my Nigerian mother would be like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. But just to also understand it crosses, it has to cross those cultural lines too. It has to cross it. Right. You just you just allow yourself to fall into that discomfort in order to find a sense of comfortability with it. That's all. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, and mine mine relates to that in the sense that, you know, what you the kids were saying, Milan and Nora, about how the parents, the adults in the situation receive. And to me, it's like we as the adults now. I think it's so important we acknowledge the power we have over children such that it is not the same if they're like, if we're like, oh, you yelled at me so I can yell back. See, mm-hmm. that's how you like. It's not the same because we're the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we want our children to not yell when angry, which part of me is like, it can be fine to yell. Mm-hmm. It is about the effect. If you yell and everyone is actually truly okay afterward. Maybe that was fine because we can sometimes yell in joy or surprise. You were yelling when you were born. Oh my goodness, that's That's for sure. That's true. And so, like, if if we if we say universally yelling at your children is bad, what if it saved them from a falling bookshelf? Okay, it's the effect that mattered. Maybe it did scare them and they cried, and we avoided worse harm. Okay, fine. Um, it's about the effect more mm. than the intention, more than the specific action. Yes. And if we don't acknowledge our power, then we don't acknowledge our responsibility, our accountability to make different choices as we learn better, to model that so the children mm-hmm. can actually mm-hmm. perceive and experience the differences. And pick, like I, I love when my children know 
lots of different grown-ups doing all sorts of different things in the world so they can see little examples of what choices they might have when they become adults, mm. how to be and incorporate that into their own lives. And I think receiving criticism and receiving no is a perfect example yes. of a, a check to your power. Are you secure in your parenting power, your re- child rearing power? Or if, does a little kid saying no to you, I don't want to wear a jacket, charge you up and make you furious? Mm. If it does, maybe we should talk. So tell the audience, tell the audience how they can get more information, how they could contact you or learn more about what we're talking about. Oh, sure. Um, Y'all can uh, visit my in process of being updated website. <laughs> we are working moms. We are. It's um, www.angeliquean.com. A-N-G-E-L-I-Q-U-E-G-E-E-H-A-N.com. Um, and I think I have like a Calendly. I have some other links and we'll definitely follow up. I'm also on various social medias mm-hmm. under that name. So I would look forward to connecting with anyone who has any questions or wants to work with me or Yodoro or or us both about anything. So we just have a a few minutes left. I'd like you to each give some uh, closing words to the audience. What do your contact information? Oh, Oh, great. Yeah. You know what? Just feel free. Just email me at um, restorative empowerment and it's all together restorative empowerment at gmail.com uh, and or www.restorativeempowerment.com uh, as well as websites undergoing. Uh, but in order, <laughs> I, I can definitely segue. And yes, I'm also on um, social media slowly uh, getting Ray underscore HTX on Instagram. Because uh, yes, there's some things out, out here that I would hope that we as a, as a community of people, of humans, to be able to um, learn and back other folks up who are doing amazing work out here. Um, So yes, parting words, I would say um, lean in, find comfort in the uncomfortable and allow yourself to be seen and heard by also seeing others and hearing others. Very good. Nora, Milan, closing words. Oh, huh? Closing words? Yeah. Uh Oh, yeah. What advice would you have to the audience? I have a lot of advice. Uh, oh, yeah. Seriously, on a serious note, because it's mm-hmm. destructive, do not do drugs. Please do not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it is scary mm-hmm. when it's in front of you, and it's mm-hmm. very, very, like, it's, it's just scary. But, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Please stay away from it. Talk about your feelings, please. Thank you oh. for that. Thank you. That's very good advice. Yeah. yeah. Nora? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, um, sorry, say that again. No, I my bone just cracked pretty oh. loudly and everyone in the room heard it. Um, Closing words of advice. Anything like short enough. Okay, I'll come back to you in a minute. Let's go to your mom. Closing <laughs> words, Angelique. Um. I think I have words of gratitude Mm. um, for the many places and people and experiences, including those with Eudoro and Milan and Nora and you Mm. that, 
and and the teachers that I've had in this lineage. When I arrived in TJ community, I was blown away. I did not know what to make of myself. I was so excited that there were other people in the world. Like when you and Nora met Milan mm-hmm. and talked, I felt that way. When I, as a, I don't know, was I in my 30s then? <laughs> like mm-hmm. Met people that were thinking and doing some of the same things as me. And I had no idea they had been out there mm-hmm. in my 20s when I was first like entering the world as an adult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you feel alone in any way, I would love for you to reach out to Eudoro and me. And even if we aren't your people for this work, maybe we can find help you find the people who would be so that you can have that and they can have you. Very good. Very good. Nora, do you have a few words of uh, closing? I did, but I lost it when I was listening to mom. (laughs) I can see why. (laughs) Yes, that's okay. Uh, Angelique, would you tell the audience how they can reach you again, just real quickly? Yes, yes. So the website will be, and there's a form there, contact form, www.angeliqueguian.com. Very good. Uh, Eudora, how can they reach you? Yes, at at www.restorativeempowerment.com or restorativeempowerment at gmail.com. Very good. Thank you all so much for being on Whole Mother. Thank you for what you're doing in the community. You can listen to this show again and many others on wholemothershow.com or you can go to kpft.org archives. Thank you to our engineers, to Eric, to Edward, to EJ for all your support. Thank you out there for listening to Whole Mother. I'm Kat Jones and this is KPFT 90.1 FM HD1. Wake up with the clouds of far behind